Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Nikki, and Joa. Sex crime victim denied $69,000 settlement because cops seized her abuser's cash through civil asset forfeiture. The outrageous case has led to calls from Congress to pass legislation curbing civil asset forfeiture, which is kind of a good, um, you know, silver lining. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, politicians trying to get rid of this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like just this uh, interstate commerce laws, you know, allowing them to do this, the Fed's allowing them to just take whatever they want. So these people are carrying around the life savings sometimes and moving across the mm-hmm. country. You know, they don't trust banks. Yeah, well, then yeah. that's happened before. You know, there's been like a $50,000 or something seized because somebody was moving across the country and they got pulled over essentially for having out-of-state plates. You know how cops love to do that. Yep. Absolutely. And I mean, and there's really no reason. I mean... It's absolutely insane that they can just steal your money even if there's no other crime. And what's even you know? crazier is that they, when they seize that money, they actually are allowed to spend it for their departments. And they just use it to create more traps. And that totally <laughs> gives them incentive yeah, right. exactly. to steal your money. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of like my pet topic on Free Talk Live. It's something I bring up a lot um, in my show prep and I, I even have this article that I've saved um, for a while because it's kind of long from the from Epic News or I think that's what it is. Um, Epic Times that my dad sent me and it's basically has a whole bunch of different mean, stories. Uh, Epoch Times? Yeah. Ep- okay. Epoch. Epoch. Um, it's like a they're kind of biblical. Yeah. Like a biblical yep. name. Um, but they're right on this. They're right on get rid of civil asset forfeiture. Um. But getting into this Reason article, it says a North Carolina teenager was hoping to get her life back on track after a state judge ordered a man who sexually abused her to pay her $69,000. Instead, she got a nasty surprise. The local police department had already seized the cash through civil asset forfeiture and it was already gone. Despite a judge's order, she will get nothing. Wow. The case is a stunning example of the misplaced priorities and perverse incentives, like we mentioned, that asset forfeiture creates for police and how the federal government allows state and local police to evade reforms to stop forfeiture abuse. You know, just if they think or suspect or whatever that it's being used for something nefarious or, you know, usually they they accuse people using uh, or having that much money because of drugs. Yeah. And this woman to get rid of the drug war so they don't have this excuse for things like this anymore. Even when they're not even, you know, selling drugs, regardless of the, the stupidity of the law of drugs, uh, they're still doing it. They're still taking this, even though they're not doing it. It's like, it's not illegal to have cash, but it's effectively Ill- illegal if you get pulled over by a cop because, well... They we they can read our minds, but we can't read theirs. We can't right. uh, take them to court and say, well, I don't believe that you really thought that. But they'll take people to court all the time and say, I believe this is what you were thinking when you did this act, and therefore it's a crime. It's like, it's sort of like uh, Ian, where yeah. uh, they you know, the prosecutors even said he followed the law. He didn't do he anything was, He was very well most... versed in the law, and he right. followed the law. That makes him a criminal. Yep. The judge even said, I don't think of you as someone who 
um, is wantonly breaking the law. I, I'm paraphrasing because they don't let you bring cameras into court, so I don't exactly remember at this point. But sure, I understand. He said, um, I don't think of you. And by the way, we're talking about Ian Freeman, my husband from the Crypto Six. You can go to com. He just got eight years in prison for selling cryptocurrency. And um, basically the judge said, I don't think of you as someone who just wantonly breaks the rules. I think of you as someone who knows the rules very, very well to try to get around and and, and break them that way. Like break the spirit of the rules. And he said that right after um, the the jury, dis- the co- conviction. Anyways, so basically you're right. It's, it's another example of, um, well, it's not illegal to have cash, but if you have cash, it, it is something that can make a cop think maybe he's a drug dealer and they just take the cash right then doesn't matter if you get uh, found guilty um or found innocent well most times you don't get found innocent but found not guilty yeah a lot of times you can't get it back after that you have to be yeah you have to be found innocent right right and that's rare Mm -hmm. very very rare yep but going back to this story about this girl who's not getting her sixty nine thousand dollar settlement It says, the case is a stunning example. Oh, I already read that. It says, as originally reported by local news outlet WCNC Charlotte, the Mint Hill Police Department investigated Mario Alberto Gomez Saldana II for sexual abuse in 2019. Saldana pleaded guilty to multiple sex crimes years later in 2023 and is currently serving a prison sentence. Under civil asset forfeiture laws, police can seize property suspected of being connected to illegal activity, even if the owner isn't charged with a crime. MHPD could use the drugs in Saldana's house as a premise to take his money, even though, as WCNC reports, a simple Google search shows Saldana won the lottery in 2018, collecting $70,000 in winnings after taxes. Wow, that's kind of a, a big turn. So he won the lottery, and he had $70,000 from that, and you can find that information on Google, but since the, since he also was a weed smoker, po- probably. Yeah. It but, just doesn't make any sense. They, they wanted the money. Right. So, he, so it's like he only spent like $1,000, right? So <laughs> and if you really like, you know, do the math and all this and what she's supposed to get, $69,000, it's just like they know it's not from illicit activity now. Yeah. They know that he, you know, he earned with this any, money from the state. With any amount of investigating like cops are supposed to do, they could figure that out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's not like they said there was tons and tons of weed or tons and tons of per- per- paraphernalia and scales or anything like that. It, it was probably just his personal weed. Like everybody smokes weed. So yeah. even if he did, even if he was a drug dealer, I mean, the money's... Going to somebody else. So does it really matter at that point? Right. That's such no, a good point. Right, of course. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's getting just... taken from him either way. Um, law enforcement groups say civil asset forfeiture is a vital tool for disrupting organized crime like drug trafficking by targeting its illicit proceeds. However, Civil Liberties Act um, advocates say it lacks due process protections for property owners and creates perverse profit incentives for police. And that's exactly... The truth. Um, due process is basically it means that you you are innocent until proven guilty, for one thing. Yeah, allegedly. And cops don't have the job, aren't tasked with 
punishing someone. You're you're not supposed to be punished except by a judge's decision after you're convicted of a jury or if it's not a jury decision, you know, the judge himself. But police are tasked with grabbing people who are in the middle of doing something wrong or grabbing someone who needs to be taken to court. Even even if you are um, somebody who's a lover of cops and the court system, the way it's supposed to be done isn't the way it's getting done. Cops go and shoot people. Cops go and take people's money. And um, they're doing the punishment before anybody's been, been seen in a court, courtroom at all. You know? It, it, you know, it blows my mind and still does to this day how much they get away with in right. this qualified immunity and not even that they just they don't even need the qualified immunity when they can just you know cover it up themselves so right. it's it's a big joke it says forfeiture abuses have led more than half of us states to pass reforms over the last decade tightening protections for property owners and creating stricter rules for seizing tracking and spending forfeiture revenues probably not by much i mean i i never hear about um, these cases where they end up making um, changes to their laws. Probably, it's probably just like silly little ones. Like Ian and I, and I think Nikki might have been on the show, um, we covered a story where I think it, yeah, it, was, it was Detroit and Institute for Justice won some case where, um, you know, it's like they're pushing back a little bit against um, civil asset forfeiture, which is great and all, but it was such a small step. It was like yeah. now they'll get they'll make sure that they get their uh, trial within six months. Like, that's good and everything, but it's it's such small little wins. So I bet it's not, it's not probably that big of a deal. It says, like, they're tightening protections for property owners and creating stricter rules for seizing, tracking, and spending forfeiture revenues. But we hear about this crap all the time. And that's the thing. Yeah, you're right. It could That could really mean anything. Like, you got to be a psycho to even be in these top positions in the AG's office and all that stuff. Like... You know, it's it, it's very rare to get like a libertarian into those positions, anyways. And it just seems like at this good old boys club, and they're all just elbow to elbow, like behind closed doors, just hanging out all the time. And like, hey, we can do this like civil assets forfeiture. Yeah, let's go for it. Oh yeah. Oh, you know this cop over here? He could use a little bonus. Yep. And it, it's just like they. they it's, I really think they're conspiring behind scenes, and they play ignorant about it later on. Play dumb. You know, it, it's insane. So say a person is, you know, selling drugs, but they also have, you know, a real W-2 job where they're paying taxes and all that. Technically, I mean, they don't know that even if like the person is convicted of this crime, they don't know where that money came from technically. Right. So the whole thing doesn't even really make sense. And it just doesn't make sense at all to like, so if it's. I understand, and obviously it's wrong, but like taking drugs, you know, it's like, oh, well, you have a bunch of crack, so we're going to we're gonna confiscate that. But to take like anything else that isn't illegal, just because you are maybe doing something illegal, it just really doesn't make sense. It's crazy. You know? Like, I don't care if you're a drug dealer and you have a, a legal firearm, like, who cares? They're operating off of a what if, basically. But moving on, it, uh, this article from Reason.com says... But under the Justice Department's equitable sharing program, federal authorities may adopt state and local civil asset forfeiture cases and pursue them at the federal level. Even th- so, this is saying even though North Carolina passed some of the strongest forfeiture reforms, and we were confused, how did this happen in North Carolina? If Nor- North Carolina is one of the four states that passed um, the strongest forfeiture 
um, reforms. Well, um, apparently the feds can adopt cases that are going on and pursue them at the federal level in, in your state. It says local police departments who partner with the feds to get or get to keep up to 80% of the forfeiture revenue. I guess that's what the equitable sharing program is. <laughs> they get to keep up to 80% of the forfeiture revenue while the rest goes into the equitable sharing pool and is distribute, uh, distributed among partner departments around the country. So still goes to more cops. You know, it's just like if the point of having cops and having laws and taking money from criminals is to restore the victim, make the victim whole in some way, like obviously you can never unrip this girl, but, um, you know, in him sitting in jail, at least he's not able to harm anyone else because he, he actually did do a crime with a victim, but... Well, see, like again, the government is trying to create victimhood. Instead mm-hmm. of healing her pains, nope, she's got to stay a victim for the rest of her life now. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. I, I think that's what it is. You it's know? a really good, um, like, kind of like a hypothesis um, that that's like their their main objective. Because obviously well, it's what they do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's why they like love people on welfare. Yeah. And, you know, they, they love their handouts because people will expect that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I deserve that. I deserve that from the state. Or they're like, yeah, well, I'm exactly. low income. So, like, I deserve to have all of these benefits. And then even people who don't receive the benefits, they're like, no, we need all this. Because, like, what do you hate, poor people? No, it's not that I hate poor people. It's that the government isn't doing this, you know, benevolently. Like, they are doing this because, like, there's very... You know, specific intent here. Like, they want those people to be kept down. They're incentivizing people to stay poor. I just heard, like, I just talked to someone yesterday. I'm not going to say who, whatever, whatnot. Um, But I met this guy. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm about to take on more hours at work. But if I do that, I don't collect my benefits. So, but then he's like, no, I'm probably going to do it anyway. I was like, yes, you do it. You work longer. Just take it. You're going to make more money. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, if I, you know, I had a friend who is literally, like, actually very disabled, but, you know, she's still able to work, and she could only work a certain amount of hours, and she could only have a certain amount of money in her bank account, or else the state would take that money from her. They Mm -hmm. would, like, oh, well, you owe us money now, and they would just, like, take money right out of her bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happened to her because she was getting scheduled more at work. Um, and it got to the point where she was like, you know what? I'm actually not going to accept any of these benefits anymore because they're not benefiting me. They're mm-hmm. actually just like she finally realized, like, this is keeping me poor. If I can't have more than X amount of dollars in my bank account and I can't actually work and you guys are only giving me X amount of right. money a month, like I could like she just realized, like, I could make more money if I got a better job and worked more. Instead of like a trap house is a trap system. One thing about like politicians and us is they're usually a lot richer than this girl who could use $69,000. Right. Um, it says McClatchy is correct that the department was perfectly within its rights to seize the money and hand it over to the feds and opponents of civil asset forfeiture say that's the problem. WCNC Charlotte's excellent reporting and the sheer injustice of the case have led to calls from Congress to pass federal legislation to stop cases like this from happening in the future. Honestly, I I tend to agree with, I think uh, you guys said at the beginning that it's probably just, you know, politicians saying what they think people want to hear them say. Probably not going to get anything done. 
um, you'd like to think it's like a civil silver lining in this case because lots of people are, you know, out, outraged and trying to call their congressman and then their congressman is like, yeah, I'm calling to pass a law about this. I, I'm not sure how this news broke, this story broke, but like typically if you don't have like a community or anything like that, like sort of backing you, these things kind of just fade away. That's right, what they're yeah. expecting with her, exactly. maybe. Like, she didn't have any friends. She yeah, was like, isolated. what is she going to do about it? Like, she was isolated and being raped for who knows how long. So she doesn't have any anyone trying to support her. You know, so let's just well, I think take most her money. People, <laughs> most people are like that. And I think most people don't have the funds to take things to court. Or, you know, if she's going to sue the police department or whoever, however, this would be resolved. You know, I mean, exactly. Oh, it's just really, take the money. She can't afford a lawyer to get it back. It's really expensive to hire an attorney. And I don't even think like, you know, OK, you can like a court appointed att- attorney wouldn't even be relevant in this they case because, it. well, they wouldn't be able to because it's not really a defense. She would be, you know, the other side of it. So, right. It says as reasons, Jacob Sullum reported reps Tim Wahlberg from Michigan and Jamie Raskin from Maryland reintroduced the FAIR Act in March. The legislation includes several major reforms to civil asset forfeiture at the federal level, including eliminating the equitable sharing fund. Quote, it will make me feel more resolved to get this legislation passed, unquote. Wahlberg told WCNC, at least the thought can come in people's minds, they changed their approach and they rushed it more quickly in order to get that $69,000. Mm, I guess that's part we kind of missed. I'm not sure what they rushed in order to get their $69,000, the cops. Mm. It really ended up hurting the victim. And, you know, it's supposed, supposedly the opposite of what the cops are supposed to be doing. You know, they're supposed to be helping. The average person believes that cops are out there helping victims of crimes. No. No way. They're um, getting overtime at parades. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, literally. Just, no, literally. I just got that on camera the other day. Today or yesterday? The, no, the the firefighter parade on Monday. Hmm. I was like, is, are you on overtime? Oh, were they? <laughs> the cop was on overtime doing a parade. Wow. Like, yeah. come on. Or the uh, the construction. You know, uh, you know they when they uh, direct traffic. Hmm. Oh. Probably oh, oh, also yeah, overtime. Yeah. Well, that's technically detail. Oh. Detail. Well, so, no, there's a difference because the construction companies, which are probably working for some public utility and doing stuff for the city, so hmm. it's irrelevant. But the the cops are hired by that company to do detail work. The company is, that's getting paid by the state. You mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's so, my point. That's my point. But the company hires. Uh, I yeah. don't know why they have to hire. Cops, and that's kind though. of uh, hire, that's weird. So I no, didn't know that's how it went. I didn't know they went through the company that's doing it, like the uh, the contractors that are working for the state. That's strange that they're the ones that pay the cops. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. And uh, Matt was even saying um, that in New York, they just have like girls do it, like just like yeah. random people. Like, well, we have you know what uh, I mean. In New Hampshire, we get the flag, uh, the flaggers. Yeah. Where they say stop and go. Mm, yeah. For, yeah, sometimes. For, for DOT. Usually it's a cop, though. Yeah, I'd rather see or just like... Or they need a cop. Not or a I cop. Just, I'd rather yeah. see not a cop. And That's how it, I always feel. It, no, it's funny, though. You could hire a cop to do detail work. Really? Yeah. It's something, so like, I... it's something like $150 something dollars or something like that, uh, an hour. But you could literally hire a cop just to follow you around. <laughs> like a security guard. Oh, my God. It's probably really expensive. 
It yeah, is. hundred fifty dollars an hour. Yeah. Even like another. I mean, even a regular bodyguard is going to be expensive, but I would bet you a copy. Yeah, it's way That's more expensive. That's still pretty funny, though. Yeah. You know? I was thinking of, like, maybe hiring one while I do auditing. So that way he has to protect me. If something happens to me, he's always watching me. That'd be and awesome. it, like, I got assaulted. I don't know if it would work out like that. I don't really want to be that status. That's all. <laughs> hiring. A It'd cop. be funny, though. What have you been up to, Joe? Uh, so yesterday I went out to Robin Hood. I like to say I went on a journey. Journey. With my new friend. An adventure. Yep. My friend Jane, the the parking meter lady. And oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, and this isn't Keen, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so I think we go way back with Jane. The, the free seaters yeah. and Jane yeah. go way back. <laughs> yep. She was the one that tried to sue the free staters in uh, Keen in 2010, 2011 for yeah. doing exactly what Joe is doing now because she claimed that uh, they were harassing her. I well, she's harassing me by running around giving everybody tickets. Yeah, stealing yes. from her neighbors and from people not yeah. from here, and they'll never want to come back here. And I kept reminding her that, like, oh, here we go again. She did lose that. Um, it's a harassment to go and film a public official walking around giving right. out yeah, get tickets. a real job if you don't want to be harassed. You know, right. The first thing she said to me, um, well, other than like, so when I. Started the actual journey. So you got to watch the videos on my channel, Breaking the Flaw. But um, so she was like, you need to st- stay back. Stay away from me. She turned at me like that was the only thing she said to me the whole time. Was that time. yesterday? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So like uh, I'm out in front of City Hall and uh, she's about to start her walk. And I was like, we're going to go on a journey. You ready to go on a journey? And she's that's like... What she's, that's what she said? That's what no, I said. That's oh, that's what you said. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that she said that. <laughs> that it makes more weird. sense that you would say that. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, what do you mean? I'm, what do you mean a journey? I'm like, uh, what do you mean? She's like, what do you mean we? And I was like, as in you and I. We're going to go on a journey. We're going to be friends. And, <laughs> and then she went back into City Hall and I was like... All right, you can do that too. You can just not do your job. Yeah, she does a. You <laughs> That's know, better, actually. Yeah, the line of duty. Good, excellent work, Joa. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. I saved thirty people yesterday. Wow, nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So, were you doing it in the way like you followed her around, and when she was about to get someone, you went and fed their meter? Yeah. Well, a lot of times, actually, most of the time, uh, it was the um, the digital kiosk, right? The the kiosk pay pay stations yeah so all those parking spots i couldn't do anything about and yeah, they don't do print do? receipts anymore which i think is bold so yeah and that's the thing because like previously with those you would stick it in your windshield or right. whatever but now they don't so i would i always get paranoid when i do use those because i'm like how do they know if but you put I, your license it, plate in the system yeah and then she runs your license plate and then it says sees it, yeah, it she checks, has the app yeah, so this is why I like the printed because I don't want to give up my license plate. I don't want to run in their system. Yeah, into yeah. Their system. I mean, I know they can run their plates at any time they want, right? That's not yeah. the point. But the point Isn't is, that like, kind of like that's like an unreasonable search and seizure in a way. Yeah, you're voluntarily giving it up. Yeah, not, I think, well, you're um, involuntarily giving it right. up. Sorry. Uh, Alu talked about that in one of his books about the the license plate. The, oh, they have a scanner, yeah, an automatic mm-hmm. license plate scanner. That's definitely a Fourth Amendment violation. Well, yeah, especially with like the cops, you know, how they can. Like they don't have better, anything better to do. Luckily, um, outlawed in New Hampshire, but in a lot of states, they oh, still have. It stopped blinking. The uh, the license plate reader is outlawed in New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, it? the scanner. Really? I thought it was on the I just on the saw them on the, the cruisers. 
I don't know. I could be wrong. For some reason, I mm. thought that it was. Maybe I'm just thinking of the red light cameras. Well, um, I don't know about that either. Um, I think we do have red light cameras here. I don't know, actually. That's Ian has specifically question. said we don't. No, yeah, I haven't like seen there any. was like this whole thing like where uh, somebody thought there was a camera on a a, um, a post here in Keene, and, and we were all like, "What the heck is that thing?" Yeah, it's not and, and, and they eventually took it down. And we we're just like, oh, that's that was weird, weird for a few that's months. That's strange. Yeah, back in Rhode Island, they, there's cameras everywhere that take pictures of you if you yeah. go through the lights or yes, yeah, go exactly, too fast. Yeah. In residential areas, you know, it's crazy. Like yeah. everywhere. So sometimes on uh, they have like the flashing light, like if it's a blizzard, so you can yes. see that there's an intersection coming up. So maybe I'm mistaking that for the camera because I yeah. honestly... No, there, as there far is as cameras you, in intersections. They're just using it to monitor traffic. It's not so, so much they're, they're not, reading plates. No, oh, they're not. Okay, so they're not, yeah, catching me for running red lights. And I believe that... <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I feel like they're not recorded. So what's the point? To check traffic. Oh. So, oh, oh yeah, as in, like, if there's somebody sitting there, that they, they, they literally have someone sit there to press green if somebody's sitting there too long or, or whatever. My, my cousin used to do that. But my cousin used to do that, but it was in California, where mm-hmm. she was the person who turned the, the red light green. And they could mess with you. They're like, oh, I know exactly who that is right there. Right. I'm always and afraid of that. Boop, boop, turn it red on them, make it sit for a while, sit, obey. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so... Like we get back to the Robin Hooding thing yesterday. Um, so she was going around to digital kiosks and uh, and giving people tickets because they hadn't paid. And I'd ring my bell on my bike, bring, 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 money, 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 yeah. money, and like, or she'd go and collect or try to see if there's any change in the in the change slots on the kiosk. And then she'd find some coins, and I'd be like, bring, bring, money, money, money. So do you have all this on camera? Yeah. Okay. You oh, got to check, out, you gotta check mm-hmm. out the video. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. That sounds that sounds great. That's why I'm like, <laughs> you got you got this on camera, right? Yeah. And people were like looking at me like, what am I doing? And, I'm, and then I just tell them like, we're engaged. Oh, we're getting my, oh married. Gosh. <laughs> and I keep thinking that it, if she's going to try to get Joa and say he's harassing her or whatever, that's what he... That's going to be her breaking point. She's going to be like, he yeah. can't tell people we're engaged. Lumpy uh, in New Hampshire, what's on your mind? Nice to hear from you. Well, good evening. I'm actually not in New Hampshire, but yeah, that was, you got the number right. Anyway, uh, good evening. Um, I just wanted to clear something up. That's not Jane. That's oh. the other one. <laughs> what, what? I don't know. I don't oh, even know. I, so okay, much I, I care about these listen, people. Listen, I didn't watch the whole You don't even know your fiance's... Uh, Name, but I suspected that we're it not wasn't Jane anymore. last we night. Were, we were. Oh, okay. Yeah. It didn't work out. I no, didn't watch a ticket. the <laughs> whole video, but I wondered: no, is no, no, this no. really Jane? Jane? My girl. Just kidding. But they both look really similar. They're like uh, haggard um, old women. I'm not even that old. Like she's got to be only like uh, in her fifties, but she looks really, really, really bad. She's. If you want to see an up close, disgusting video of her, you can watch Jeez. my video. <laughs> um, yes, that yeah, sounds worse. It's worth funny saying. how they both age. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, they really soul. both aged in a bad way, right. and I think that that happens to a lot of us if we don't live right. I know when I was yeah. not living right, I was aging quicker than I am now. You can tell that they have no joy in their life. Just it's like ingrained in them, in their look, in their. You well, know. they can't tell anybody what they do for a living. Nobody. How many? How many right. people do you know would would admit to being a cop or? Uh, a meter maid, right. uh, you know, somebody who pushes around the public. I mean, they don't they don't admit what they do in social settings. Yeah, I, I was telling her yesterday, like, you know, when you're off duty shopping and people look at you, are they like scared of you? They're like, oh my god, did I feed the meter? 
Like, is that how they, when they see you, is that how they interpret yeah, your look? I mean, look? if you don't think they know that, I mean, they know that. I'm uh, I'm also want to express, like, you guys got me on the air here. I don't want to take up a whole segment. I love you guys. This whole thing with Ian's been trying for all of us. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of damage they're out to do. I think this goes bigger than what any of us could imagine. Um, you know, um, it's it's been a damaging thing for all of us. They're targeting anybody who wants to think for themselves, uh, not have group think. Right now, I do think there's a very big concerted, uh, if you will, conspiracy to, uh, well, they, I think there's a, there's a war on freedom. I really, truly do. Oh, absolutely. There's no question and about it's that. Mental, it's emotional. It's a game. This I is the oldest fight ever, dude. We think it is, and I think a lot of people that we think are here to help us are really dirty. Anyway, uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for existing. Thank you for changing my life so many times for so many years, and thank you for caring, and I appreciate you guys. We love of course, you, too, bro. Love love you, thank man. you. Thank you for the call. Sarah in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Um, yes, I... I just want to bring up that even these elections, it, it seems like everybody feels like it's kind of worthless. It doesn't, you know, people find out. That, yeah. Well, that's what everybody concludes, but I mean, I kind of do agree with that, but there's some things that do, you know, happen that does make a difference. Like all the years of I voted for the library bonds, and but we wind up building two new libraries in the last seven years. Uh, and you so know what? I will so say, far. Sarah, it it does seem like as far as voting goes, like the small scale, like local voting, does seem to make a little bit more of a difference. Um, I mean, whatever. I still don't necessarily agree with it because it's kind of like forcing your wants and your opinions like on other people, your little neighbors. Um, yeah, but but you will see like more of a of a difference with the local voting because people, one, like your neighbors aren't as likely to vote locally. A lot of people just vote in like the big political or the big presidential elections. Um, and it, it's more of a grassroots effort, right? And, and less yeah. like, oh, we're voting for the whole entire country or the whole yeah. entire state. Like you're less likely to see any sort of change from that. Yeah, and then one of the votes that um, that I I talked about with um, one of the people I met was that they always want to raise property tax for the people that own homes to pay for the schooling. And then what we what he concluded was it doesn't matter where you get the money, and then it doesn't matter you keep dumping money all over into the education. And the kids are always dumb. They test low. Yeah. And, and then he's like, Facts. it doesn't make any difference whether you put how much money you put into it. Well, well, so you know? do, you, do you agree with that, Sarah? That it doesn't matter how much money you throw at the public schools, they're still not going to do a very good job? Well, here in New Mexico, it, it, it pretty much is the truth. I mean, they've been spending a lot of money on the kids when they're always testing the bottom of the barrel no matter right. what. Well, Sarah, what, what would it take um, to convince you that there should just be private schools that make a profit and they have an incentive to do better and teach kids? Well, I, I mean, what private school? They don't, we, we're so poor. Nobody has any money 
Because you guys attacked for the public schools. You, you see that? Yeah, you're getting stolen I mean, from. Or if we made it easier, so say if a family doesn't want to pay for uh, a private school, which doesn't make sense because they're already paying for the public school, right? So you might as well allocate that money to the private school. Um, but regardless, if we were to make it a lot easier for parents to homeschool their children, I mean, there's a ton of free homeschooling curriculum right. up to like 12th grade on the internet that people can just get. So even if their parents are dumb, like they can still set them up with something. Um, you know, and I think in New Hampshire, I think they give people a stipend. Yeah. To homeschool, and, well, and a lot of the thing with homeschooling is, like, to do it legally, right? Like, it's super regulated, and you have to jump through all these hoops into so many people. They're like, well, it's 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 too hard, and, and they feel incompetent or unable to educate their children, so they just send them to public school to send them off to someone else who is incompetent and unable to educate their children. Well, to, so. to play a little bit of a statist here, okay, in, in the sense that, all right, if public school is going to exist, right, and how they get their funding. When is it they get their funding? The, the, the students don't go up in numbers or anything like that. They just stay the same. But the, the incentive that they have today is that if the kids are dumb and they get bad grades, guess what? They get more funding. So that's like rewarding. They're rewarding yeah. bad, uh, wow. you know, bad teaching. Bad results, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Sarah, let me ask you this. What if the public schools rewarded the schools and the teachers if they did well? Well, I mean, that makes sense, but um, I think I was um, discussing, like, the, what happens is that with our property tax, it always voted, people vote for it, because most of the voters are renters. Very few people own property. So still, now, uh, well, like, still it's still affecting them. them. It's dumb to think it doesn't affect you if you're, if you're a renter. I mean, these are just people that don't think very far ahead. It's yeah, definitely so the I, buck is going to be passed down to the rent, the cost of rent. And then they're going to complain like, oh, these renters, these fat cats, they're just charging so much money for rent. We can't have our kids babysat for free. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah the, well, the, I mean, the rewarding the schools for money, that sounds, it sounds pretty good. But New Mexico, we dumped a lot of money on education and, and it's always the same low test scores. I mean, I mean. So most of the, here's the thing, most of the homeowners will vote against the property tax. They're like, No, I get the money from somewhere else, don't raise my tax. Hey Sarah, do you think that do you think that it's the government's goal to actually educate people? Or do you think it's their goal to keep them dumb so they don't know how to, you know, play this I don't want to say play the system, but more like uh, you know, get involved in the system to actually make an educated difference? Or, you know, so do you think they really want you to be smart? Really? Well, of course, no. You know what? They, they want you to be educated enough to do a menial job, to work a job, but they don't. They don't want you to be too educated because yeah, they, they don't have a revolution and a rebellion if you're too educated. Yes, sir. They, wow, they just, Sarah, they, you, wow. you're, you're. Uh, Sounding sound like little, you're really coming around. Sound what? like you're against public schools to me. Yeah, but. Sarah. What if I told you that public schools are just lining the kids up to fill the positions that they want you in, right? Be smart enough to count change or push them up or flip burgers. That's all they want. The thing about boring regular jobs that everyone hates is you do those when you're young and inexperienced to move up. And that should be the opportunity for you to save up, to go and do this next thing. Like, you don't just, you know, wake up and and you're doing some dream job. Yeah, well, and I think also it's a different mindset, right? Like, kind of what, like... 
we were just describing with like being a hunter gatherer or like a nomad or like being a farmer, like those very like primitive basic lifestyles. Um, or even like say, you know, starting your own business and just doing something that's really fulfilling to you. Um, it's, it's a completely different mindset than someone that is like living in the city and is just like, okay, well, I need money, right? Because, like, I need to pay my rent and, you know, like, everything costs money, right? Like, I have to go to the grocery store and, you know, everything costs money. Um, so it's a different mindset that you have to to be in to even survive in those environments. It's like you need to walk, work some crappy job. And even if it's really well paying, like, say, you know, if you're an accountant and you're making, like, 150 grand a year, you know, you're living pretty comfortably. Maybe you have a big house. But if you hate your job, yeah, you're going to think, like, it kind of goes back to Sarah and like justifies her point where it's like, yeah, you might as well just do nothing. I might spoil it for the Etsy uh, producers, the the marketplace, but because um, I'm going to say it's a national radio, you literally can just buy, like not buy, you can uh, collect acorns, polish them, and then glue the caps back on and then put them on Etsy for like a lot of money oh, or just yeah. pine cones and you put a sealant on them. Then just put it in a fancy bag and sell it on Etsy. Yeah. You're, you're literally finding these things. I actually was doing this. I was getting finding driftwood in the in, in yeah. rivers and then just leaving them out in the sun, let them get a little bit whiter, uh, giving it a, a quick salt scrub, and then selling them on uh, on Etsy. But if you live in the desert, then you don't have pine cones. Nah. So then you have to buy them off Etsy. You can find desert you roses. Sage. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Find so, lizard skeletons. I don't know what you can find in the desert. But yeah. But, but damn, what I'm saying something. is, like, if you want a pine cone and you don't live in an area with pine trees. Oh, right, right. You know, yeah. there's where am I going to get my pine cones? There's, sure. pi- there's evergreen trees in the desert, too. That's the thing. A lot of right. people just don't have it there and they so, think it's all sand. Well, I oh, have ignorant. where I have been. To the desert, there was literally nothing, and it was the most depressing place I've ever been. Well, you know what I mean? Sucks. It was just, like, terrible. Like, nothing <laughs> and I was exists actually, here. Um, no, neither should I. So this is Southern California I'm talking about, and I was, like, looking at the real estate market there the other day, and just, like, the yards, and that, I'm like... Yeah. It's just... It, yeah, I'm like, this is just looks like I a sad place. I love Southern California, though. It's so beautiful. Some parts of it. I mean, I wouldn't want to lo- earn property. Not Lancaster. You can't really do anything. <laughs> Well, like San Diego and, you know, down to oh, the yeah, border. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once once you're, like, more on the coast, then it gets a little yeah, bit more, yeah. like, the ecosystem kind of I literally thought I was, like, on another planet. Those, all the succulents and stuff. Where? I was like, whoa. Am I, like, in Mario's world? In it, California? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the callers, um, well, it's only one caller, um, David Hathaway. He was also on the show as a guest, um, like, two weeks ago when the last show Zim was on. He's from Arizona, and we were talking about just the sky in in the in the West is something I miss so much. Like it's such a big difference. Yeah. I don't know why. And that's it would funny. Be- um, I and I could see like yeah, like the big sky. Um, just like that view. Yeah, is really. Um, I could see how some people would definitely like that. Like just going from utah to moving back to texas i was like immediately depressed because like my friends would say stuff like look how beautiful the sunset is tonight and it's just like oh there's like some pinks like it's <laughs> yeah. like nothing is i i don't even know how to i mean i can't describe in words how beautiful every single sunset is yeah. is in a place where you can see the sky but well i just yeah. rode out to michigan uh, a couple of weeks ago and i just really i i was like why do people live out here it's I've flat never been there. it's flat so it's like once i yeah. go past like pennsylvania yeah. and you get into ohio and michigan you're like kansas this is 
boring. I this is really, Kansas. really boring. Well, and that's um, something like I was really yearning yeah, for. Like yeah. when I was out in the desert, I was like, first of all, like the big sky, like I did not like that. I was like, I feel like I have no shelter. Like there's no trees. There's no mountains. Like I feel so exposed. I'm like, if an alien came here right now, like they, I, I would have nowhere to hide. Like, I feel I just lost felt, in the flatlands. Yeah. Well, and and then like coming back home to places like New Hampshire and Vermont where it's so mountainous and and we have all of these wildflowers and it's so green and luscious and there's my car struggling you know, to go up hills. <laughs> my car my car actually does struggle to go up hills, but uh, you know. Does yours, Joe? Well, I mean, yeah, some of these hills are treacherous, especially like in the in the winter. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, especially in the winter, but uh but yeah, and I think that's a, you know, the point is like I don't know. People people like different things. Yeah. I don't know. We have Dave Ridley. Dave Ridley, you're on the phone. Uh, you're in New Hampshire, and you're on the phone with us in on Free Talk Live. Yeah, apparently, uh, just stop me if you guys have already reported on this, but New Hampshire's Secession.com is reporting that uh, Dean Kamen has successfully seceded a piece of, uh, uh, of land from the United States. Who's that? Dean Kamen is a local billionaire. Um, In New Hampshire? He, yeah. He's the inventor of the Segway. Oh, oh yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or at least his company invented it. Um, now, this isn't actually, this is really is not particularly new, but I just learned about it, and it was it was just in an article on, on NewHampshireSecession.com. I don't even know who runs NewHampshireSecession.com. That's how big our movement is getting. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> the... Um, I guess the thing was he, he he had a piece of like an island or something that he owned off off of the coast of New York and it was under New York's jurisdiction and New York was like well you can't build a building more than 20 feet tall and you need a or 40 feet tall and you need a variance to and he's like I can't build anything here I'm trying to do this thing and I need a 40 foot tower and I he starts talking to the governor of or you know he starts talking to the government of Connecticut about how about we how could we have Connecticut annex this thing? And in the process of doing all this looking around for options, I guess one of his lawyers discovered some obscure treaty thing or rule or loophole or something that allows that piece of property to secede from the whole country. So apparently he did do this. This wow. was, must have been in the late late 90s or something like that. I've um, never heard of this. And, he and it was a lot like the Conch Republic situation, if you're familiar with yes, that, where, yeah. where, where the, the uh, Key West, you know, did a bunch of fun stuff, you know, like they declared war on the United States, but then they surrendered and asked for aid. <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on a second. That's not exactly accurate in the sense that the, the Conch Republic, uh, their their bridge was shut off by the feds, right? Because there was Cubans coming in and then like they boycotted and be like, hey, we're just going to have our own country then. And we'll let whoever we want in. That's what was going on, right? Well, that was part of it too. Uh, but yeah, but they had this little ceremony where they they threw like they threw a loaf of bread at the feds or something like that. Or like mm. they, they 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 it was something like they did something with a loaf of bread. There weren't even any, even any feds in the room. It was kind of like they threw it at the wall or something <laughs> like that. And said, "All right, that was our kinetic part. Now we're going to do the diplomatic <laughs> surrender part, and we want federal oh aid." Uh, they were just joking. It was, yeah. it, it, they had that real lighthearted approach to it. Um, well, I'm and, just a little and, confused. I'm sorry. Let's go back to the thing you're you're calling in about. So in New in Connecticut in the 80s, 
the man who invented the Segway. He had an island, and it was it was part of the federal government's land too. And then he asked Connecticut to take it. Well, I think he owned it, but he uh, but it was under New York's jurisdiction. And when New York government was giving him trouble, he started negotiating with the Connecticut government to try and get them to take take it over and annex it or something like that. Oh, so it um, didn't. And that led him. Um, that led him to to this loophole where you really could actually secede the whole island from the whole United States, and he did do it, apparently. Does that only work for islands? Could you do it for uh, inland mass? Uh, inland land? It's probably just for the, I would suspect it's probably just for this one island. Just um, that one island? Anyway, so it was an old, old treaty for that specific land. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, because I mean, you think about it, New York, you know, that's, that's the very earliest parts of, of um, American large-scale scale colonization. So, it, you know, and it was it was under the Dutch for a while. So it was probably all complicated. And some of that complication probably stuck over into the modern era. Do you know if anyone lives <clears> there now? That, uh, I, I'm sorry, what? Do you know if anyone lives there now? Well, he lives in he lives just down. The, he just lives down the street from where I lived when I was in Bedford. I used to jog past his house. No, I mean, d- does anyone uh, live so on this island now or, or does does anyone live on, you know, or is it just an empty well, he, island? In the spirit of lightheartedness, I think he's named himself like the Duke of the Island or something like that. And he has like a foreign minister. All this stuff is done, but hardly anyone actually stays there, I think. It's like a facility. They wanted to use it for for like a power station or something. Hmm. Okay. There was this like similar thing off the coast of Maine. It was like between Maine and uh, I'm going to say England. But there's like this, um, I think it was a man-made island. And uh, they they put a... um, a lighthouse on it. This was a long time ago, but the United States didn't want to fund it anymore because they didn't need it anymore. And uh, so this land, like the whole thing was, the little island was up for sale and they sold it as a country. And because like, they were like, well, look, the U.S. government's not going like, to come here and try to seize it away from us. So they, they challenged the whole thing and like they literally had um, the presidency up for sale for like a million dollars and uh, the vice presidency was like a half a million dollars, and like they're on their fourth. Hmm. And yeah, they made a lot of money off of T-shirts or something like that. But oh my gosh, it, it's just like I I feel like these things are like oh that's you know lighthearted and silly, but like that doesn't really mean like I wouldn't like put it on my New Hampshire secession website because it's like it doesn't necessarily say to me like oh we're making some kind of progress. It's just something that the feds are ignoring like. I mean, it's interesting to know that like those sort of things are possible because I think uh, a lot of people maybe just think that like it's it's completely impossible to do anything of the sort. They interviewed me. M- MWR is that what they're called? MWR. MWR. You are. Yeah, I think there's you. Um. So yeah, they interviewed me right after the sentencing date the other day for like I don't know what ten minutes. W- and all they did was uh break this part. Wait, yes, WMUR. Thank yeah, you. I was like, you, I know yeah. it's wrong somehow. Um, and it, yeah, what it stands for, I have don't no know. Idea. Yeah. Don't care. It's some random generated letters. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It actually doesn't stand for anything. I never, I never <laughs> get that right on the first try. I don't know what it is, but, um, but they interviewed me for like ten minutes, and all they put on the news was they were like talking about Ian, talking about, uh, you know, make just repeating all of the government's allegations against Ian and saying he went to jail for eight years, and then they're like, and this is what his new wife has to say, and then new they, wife. Then they show me, and it's just me saying, these people, and I obviously had said before that I was talking about the jury, but they didn't even include that part. They just cl- cut to a clip of me saying, 
these people, I don't know if they just didn't like him or maybe they don't like that his wife is young. And that's like all they That's all they showed. Yeah, I saw that. They tried to make it look like I was just like dumb and also called me a new wife as if when like he has an old wife, like he just got rid of his other wife when she turned 30. Well, how about when the news reporter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> promised me, she promised me on camera that she was going to show Don Bulldog throwing an elbow into my chest. Guess what they did? They started to show the clip right and they ended it right before he threw the elbow into my chest. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's so annoying. It's and that like, would have been like juicy too. Right. Like that's the stuff that people want to see. That's what I, I know. But they probably... Like, if she were, or obviously, like, she's, uh, you know, working with other people and, like, editors and her boss and stuff like that, if they were to include that, they would probably, like, someone would come after them for that, probably. There's no doubt in my mind they sent, I think it was her name was Jennifer, to to do this report because, damn, she retired two weeks later. Oh. (laughs) That's convenient. The reporter that... uh, that interviewed me when I went to file a complaint against Bulldog. Mm-hmm. She like retired like right after. Weird. Yeah. So she just put herself in a position to lie, and then she's like, "I'm quitting" or whatever it is. It's it's so so bad. Like I can't wait for your trial. Um, what what is he gonna say? What is he gonna say? Like, uh, well, I just decided to lie in that moment. Uh, wh- what else could he say? Well, if he does lie, I'm like, hey, uh, was there any violence today? And he's gonna be like. No, I'm like roll back that bean footage. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Wait, the the listener doesn't know what we're talking about. We're talking about in October of last year, 2022, November third. Oh, November. Oh, well, yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay, November of last year, Don Bulldog. He was running for Senate here in New Hampshire, and he was going into St. Anselm College to do a debate. Yep. And um, Joa walked up to him and said. Uh, don't start any wars. Yeah, don't go to war. I said, you suck. Don't go to war. Yeah, you suck. Don't go to Which war. Which is pretty based. Yep. Because <laughs> he was all about <laughs> war with China at the time. And then like talking about Don it. Bulldog just proved that he sucks. And yeah. he went to war by throwing an elbow in my chest. Yeah. And then he started screaming, <laughs> he hit me. He hit me. And it, this is all on, on camera. Yeah. It's it's on camera that he's uh, pointing to a cop telling him to go arrest Joa. And he's saying, he hit me three times. And then slandered me on the news three yes. times. And or, it, I mean, he lied three times in the news about the incident. And uh, where can they go to see that video? Oh, definitely go to freekeen.com. Oh, yeah, they can see it. That's there. where I tell people to go. Do not, like, if you go anywhere else, they're not going to give you the, the right story. Um, there's a few people on Twitter that wrote about it correctly, but that's kind of hard to dig up too. Right. But I mean, you can see me on Brett Bart and they list me up there with fire bombers, rapists, and murderers. Whoa. (laughs) What? Yes. There's a list of political violence occurring, uh, political violence season, whatever. And then like they literally list me with all these really bad things that were happening. That should be like slander, you know. It Especially is slander. Since- it, absolutely. He, he yeah, the, like what did you? You didn't even do anything. The editor, as soon as he posted the first article about it, uh, and it was totally wrong, I sent him a, a message. I was like, "Hey, you might want to fix this and watch this video and fix the the article." Nope. They don't care. He, yeah, he's like, "Prove to me that's you." I'm like, "What?" I'm telling you, it's me. Like, this is my channel. This da 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 da. He and can write a whole story about you without any kind of proof of what happened or yeah, anything. I know, that's kind of exactly. strange, right? And yeah. then he, I gave him the footage. Yeah. And he doesn't review, even review it. We have Riley. Riley, our other co-host. You're on the um, you're on the air with us, Riley. What's hey. on your mind? Hi, guys. Hey. How, so here's the thing. I've been in New Hampshire for 12 weeks now. 
And we've been doing our 420 rallies for about 11 weeks, I want to say. And I feel like they've been well attended. But what I'd love to see happen is if if we could smoke weed in front of the PlayStation, that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that a few weeks ago, and I, I think that'd be a really fun um, switch it up one day and do it there. My my big concern is I'd want to have a larger amount of people than like four or five. So right. that, you know, if the police come harass us, they're not going to be able to harass, you know, 15 or 20 people. Will so, you be surprised? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but it's less yeah, likely, I you know, there's more be. accountability, right? That's allegedly. How, yeah, it's just harder when, you know, everyone has cameras and we're, we're filming it and getting on film. And They'll getting, probably choose someone, I bet. I bet they'd pick someone. That's what they usually do. It's not like we haven't smoked yeah. a joint in the police station. <laughs> in? Yeah, exactly. True. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is New Hampshire. Well, Riley, I think that we could definitely get that done if we put the word out like a couple weeks in advance, especially to like the Manchester people, a bunch of them uh, might come out. And I think that would be really great. You want to do it some Sunday, right? I do. I think it'd be great. Um, I wish that I smoked. I'll try to think of something illegal to do. <laughs> Maybe you're not supposed to talk on the impromptu illegal stuff. Right. I just I don't smoke weed anymore, so uh, that's I, okay. I would do it with you guys, but either way, I'll be there in solidarity, and I'll think of something. Um, something just, to we do. We take shots. Yeah. Okay. She, doesn't, could, she doesn't do that either. Yeah, actually, I don't drink either. I was about to say though. Maybe, we'll take some mushrooms or something. Maybe everyone who doesn't, um, what's the word, um, drink or smoke weed, can I can bring a bunch of Heineken zero percents. Yeah, yeah say Paulies. Yep, that'd be fun. There you go. Um, is that the, all you had? The, the reason why I want to do this isn't to get arrested or anything like that. It's to show that, hey, you know, we're here in New Hampshire. We have our rights. We're exercising our rights. And we're not going to take harassment from the police. Ian Freeman may be in a cage, but our movement is not going away. And I think that's an important step to make to show people that, hey, we're doing things. We're stepping up our game. Well, I don't know if we're going to be stepping up our game necessarily, but we're still doing things. I, I think it's definitely important that um, they don't just like get rid of Ian and, oh, well, everyone's done doing um, actors. And that's why I'm really, really glad that Joe decided to come back to Keen. Um, there's kind of like a you know a silver lining when lots of things happen when people are um, <laughs> captain over there. <laughs> it's kind of a silver lining when something back, bad happens to an activist. I mean, it activates a whole bunch of other people, you know. It seems to do that. It seems to say, "Oh, well, my friend got in a cage, so I better come out of hiding or whatever, out of retirement, and get back to doing activism." I mean, I've been I've been actually kind of floating and looking for my footing and that sort of thing. And if I can find it right. here, uh, staying here for like a week or two, and, uh, you know, maybe I can uh, figure it out and stay longer and do more activism, I really do want to continue doing this. And I, I really do think uh, seeing Ian not in Keen, that there needs to be a sort of a sort of push of activism here while he's not here. Right. I, I really... Yeah, because... Oh, go ahead, Riley. Because Ian has been a huge part of the Keen activist community, and I really look up to that because I... For some reason, there's a part of me that loves to stand against authority, and I really want to bring that part of me out to learn how to stand against authority and exercise my right to stand against authority. Nice. I, I agree. I, I just really like living in Keene, where for the most part, 
I, I mean, I've just never been pulled over here. Um, I know that it's, it's not like no one gets pulled over here and no one gets harassed by the police, but I feel like the police are really um, tame here because of e- people like Ian. You mean like Keene specifically or like are you talking about the entire Monadnock region? Uh, Keene specifically, I don't. Yeah, I I would say so. If I leave um, Keene, it's like to go to somewhere totally different. I almost never like, you know, go to just like the surrounding But you have a point like I I know someone who has been pulled over by Keene PD, but every time I've ever been pulled over, which is kind of frequently, I don't know why they just like keep targeting me or something. Um, but it's our always like once I get to Swansea or hmm. Troy, like I, it's never been in Keene. It's like, you sure. know, some other yeah, some yeah. other cop down the street. I, I just think that Ian and the rest of them back in the early days of free Keene in, in its heyday, like 2010 or whatever, they really trained the cops like, listen, you're not going to get an easy um, moment of pulling someone over, arresting someone. We're going to take you to court and sometimes win. Either way, waste your time. And you're not going to have an easy day if you mess with a free stater. The, and, the uh, cops in Keene have definitely been trained. Yeah. Like when they get a new guy in, they're like, hey, listen. <laughs> if you see this bumper sticker. <laughs> they, they show him the, uh, what, what's that JFK film? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. no. You they had show, to go there. They show all the free Keene videos and they're like, I understand. They just play like Derek J's victimless uh, crime spree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, I, I know that they get, um, you know, they definitely get trained. Like they get told about the free staters. Like, yeah. Um, one day I was actually going to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the parking spots. Um, in 2020, um, Ian, our co-host, Peakless Mountaineer and uh, nobody and some other people were, were out having a nightcap and the cops came and were giving them tickets for being parked overnight there. And they were like, yeah, Ridiculous. it's uh, because, you know, if the firefighters need to come through here. Something stupid like that. Like, they can't just drive through normally anyway. And um, they had a really young guy with them. And uh, in, in the video, Ian asked them, uh, are you training them? Or are you, are you, you've got the, oh, man, now I actually don't remember if he, they admit to it or if Ian just asked. <laughs> but Ian does ask, are, are you training them to deal with the free staters? And he said, it seemed like, I, I can't remember now if the if he actually answers in it and right. says that's what they're doing. So I, I could just be mixing that up. But. Well, uh, you bring up uh, an interesting thing is the, uh, the overnight parking. I, I beat an overnight parking ticket in Providence. Nice. And all I did in court, all I said during my little judge trial, I said, what does it mean to be overnight parking? Like, how do you know I didn't just park there and then I was going to leave 10 minutes after she gave me the ticket? Yeah. How can you prove this overnight parking thing? Hmm. And they're like, you're right. We're throwing it out. Wow. So if everyone just like sometimes argued it, it like that. Yeah, exactly. And like sometimes it's as easy as that. And especially with like low level stuff, like uh, traffic infractions and parking tickets. It's pretty easy. Like it's not super serious it's pretty easy to just take it to court you can literally like say whatever and at least usually, waste their time yeah. yeah at least waste their time usually they'll just throw it out and i mean you get a nine cop times, off the street well nine times out of ten the cops don't show up mm-hmm. and then it gets thrown out so either way i mean like don't pay it like always fight it and speaking yeah, of um fight, traffic fight. yeah exactly speaking of um traffic infractions um, my court date is coming up on uh, December 15th. For Hillsborough? Uh, yeah, Hillsborough. I think that's oh, where nice. it is at 1 p.m. So What'd if anybody do? wants to come. What did you do? Nothing. 
You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.